0: Amen. Amen. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Are we done? God's on the move. Woohoo. Yeah. And we want more of it. Yeah, we want more of it, church. Amen. Yeah. It's always good when God shows up at church. In fact, church can be a scary place if God's not showing up. You know, and, and it takes a people to steward that. It takes the people, because the reality is, is it can be uncomfortable when the Holy Spirit shows up. Do we have any honest people in the room tonight? Who can get a little uncomfortable when the Holy Spirit shows up? Absolutely. But tonight, you know, tonight the Lord has a word uh, for us, a word that's been in my spirit for about a month now to release, and I'm excited to release it. Maybe I'm just excited to get it out of me. <laughs> But it's about honor. And we're going to talk about honoring the Holy Spirit. People that honor the Holy Spirit have a different encounter and a different experience in the kingdom. And God's called us to be those people. That even when it gets a little uncomfortable, gets a little, let's just call it awkward sometimes. But we're people that value the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't stop what he's doing. And that's a value for us to take on because things can happen in a moment with the Holy Spirit that take a lifetime, a moment in the Holy Spirit can, that can replace a lifetime. And so we've got to be people that value the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, honor. There's a couple of ways to get at honor. But honor is a very, very important topic for us as a people. We're going to hit it from a couple of different ways tonight. But I, I really feel like the backdrop for honor for us is summarized in what I feel like the Lord wants to do for us tonight. is summarized in 1 Samuel ten twenty five. If you remember this part of Israel's history, it's the first time they got a king. The prophet Samuel had just anointed King Saul. Anybody remember this part? And it says these words, then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. He explained the behavior of royalty. And this was so important because Israel really hadn't known royalty. They hadn't known the ways of royalty. They were slaves in Egypt. They were delivered, and then their leaders were prophets or judges. But there was no, there was no kingship. This was the first time a king had been anointed to lead. And Samuel, the prophet, says, I wanna tell you how royalty behaves. And I feel like the Father tonight is doing the same thing with us. He's saying, I wanna talk to my kids about royalty. You know, when we get saved, we get delivered from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His glorious light, amen? And we get adopted. We get adopted into a family. And that family is not just any family, it's a royal family. It's a royal family with a king. And not just any king, a royal king. The king of the universe. Daniel 7.10 says, I watched as the ancient of days sat on a throne. Daniel's seeing into the spirit and he's seeing the king of glory and majesty. And this is what we get adopted into a royal family with a king that's like no other king. And this is really important for us. What does it say? First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Tonight, the Lord wants to release a word to us about honor, but the the backdrop to honor is royalty. It's royalty. You and I are called to be royalty, we get adopted into a family. And just like our kids, start to look and act like us as parents. Isn't that right, parents? The Holy Spirit is sent inside of us to make us grow up and look more and more like our king. More and more like our father. And this is what royalty is. He's training us to be more like him. And this gives us a new lens to see even the life of Jesus. Jesus says, he says, I tell you the truth, if you, somebody hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Why? Because you're royalty. If you see someone on the road that's been beaten and stripped and naked, What does royalty look like? It's spending your time, your money, your energy, repairing the wounds, pouring oil on his wounds, putting them on your donkey, spending your money to put him up in an inn, and restoring that man. The words of Jesus all through the gospels are about what royalty looks like in a people his own actions are showing us what living from a different realm as a royal son looks like and this is the context in which we look at honor because honor is connected to royalty amen you with me so far let's turn to Matthew 13:54 through 58 I'll just read it real quick. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching, this is Jesus, the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed, say amazed. Amazed. This is starting off well. Jesus is teaching, he's teaching in their synagogue, and the people are amazed. Hey, all is good, right? Yeah, not so fast. They were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom? And these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this his mother's name, Mary? And aren't his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Questions start coming up. And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not with honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Wow, story started out really good, didn't it? Jesus is preaching. The problem is this. He's preaching with a different authority and from a different realm than they've ever seen before. And what started off in amazement started into questioning. Who is this guy? Where does he get these powers from? They started to get uncomfortable, didn't they? And then it says this. They took offense at him. They took offense. I love the way the Bible writes it because taking offense is, a, is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. They made a decision to be offended. You getting that? And I would argue, it's always a decision to get offended. It's always a decision to get offended. And then he said this. A prophet is not without honor in his own hometown, except in his own hometown. And he did not do miracles there because of their lack of faith. Okay. What's the point? The point is, what started off in amazement, slowly turned into questioning, and then a decision not to honor the gift of God and the Holy Spirit of God, what the Holy Spirit was doing, and not to honor the gift of the prophet and to choose offense instead. And in doing so, the faith in the room went down. And then a very small expression of the kingdom is allowed to happen. And this describes a lot of our world today. This very same picture it's repeating itself over and over and over again. All right, let's push pause on the story for a moment. I want to look at this word, "skandalizo." Pastor Stephen Literally started preaching some of my message last week, which was a blessing. <laughs> but this word, scandalizo, in the Greek, it says when they took offense at him, that's this word, scandalizo. It says to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall, to entice to sin, to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey to cause to fall away, to be offended in one, to see in another what I disapprove of and what hinders me from acknowledging their authority, to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly. This is the word, scandalizo. All right, snap to my childhood real quick. I used to trap animals. Anybody trap animals? Awkward transition, I know, (laughs) sorry. I used to trap squirrels. I used to trap rabbits. The coolest thing I ever trapped was a raccoon. But the problem with trapping a raccoon is, what do you do once you got it trapped? Because they can be scary things. Anybody else out there ever trap an animal? Okay, we got a few trappers in the house. Why are we talking about this, Justin? <laughs> that's what my wife's saying right now. You know, you see the stick thing there on the box trap? That's what's called this in the Greek. the 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 noun version of scandalizo is called the scandalon, and that's what that tra- that ch- that little stick right there is the scandalon. And if you've ever trapped an animal, you know that you have to use bait. Right? You have to get something smelly and yummy for the animal to crawl in the trap so that you can trap it. And this is what the enemy does. This is what the enemy did in this story right here. The enemy used bait to trap these people. So they chose a fence. And once they're offended they're separated from faith and they're separated from what god wanted to do in their town and this is what he does with us. what was the bait that the enemy used in that story matthew 13. yell it out if you think you got it what was it bingo familiarity familiarity was the bait that hooked them into the trap. They got offended, wham, and now they're inside the trap, offended at Jesus, separated from faith, separated from the goodness of God that was about to pour out in their city. It's a bad ending to a story. And this is what the enemy does with us today. He does the same thing. He has different bait. He uses different yummy, smelly stuff that get us onto the pathway of conversations. You know, these guys, they had legitimate questions. Their first question is, where does this guy get this power? Is that a legitimate question? It's a very legitimate question. If I'd have been there watching, I'd have had the same question. Holy cow. This guy's got some juice, man. Where's this coming from? It's a legitimate question. But there were no conversations. You know, what if, what if these guys would have practiced the way of royalty? What if they would have acted like royalty? What, if, what would that have sounded like? How would the story have changed? It probably would have sounded something like this. Hey, Jesus. Man, great message this morning. <laughs> Whew! <laughs> Dang. Um, hey, Jesus, we, uh, we've got a couple of questions that are bubbling up about your ministry. Is there, is there a time that we could just kind of bounce some of these questions off of you? Like, would, would you mind just coming into conversation with us and, and just kind of helping us understand? What do you think Jesus would say? Let's do it. Come on in. Let's have, a, let's have some food together. We'll fellowship. We'll answer all your questions. And then one by one, as, as these people bring up their questions, Jesus, in the context of community, is bringing enlightenment to them. He's saying, yeah, guys, I teach from a different realm because when I was baptized in the Jordan, the Holy Spirit came upon me and it's never left. And so now, I don't teach from a human authority. I teach because the Holy Spirit's actually in the room. He's bringing revelation to your mind. He's bringing the scriptures that you've heard your whole life. He's bringing new understanding to those things. Oh, thanks, Jesus. That helps a lot. But because they didn't act like royalty, they didn't honor, and they were offended and all the people that should have been healed, all the lepers, all the blind, all the mutes, all the people oppressed by demons, none of it, none of it happened. This makes me sad. And yet I see the same thing today in God's people, when we don't act like royalty, when we don't choose to honor the gift of God. For what it is. This is exactly what happens to us. Exactly. They had an honor problem. They didn't honor. And you know, this describes some of our marriages. Some of our marriages, we're not honoring, we're not valuing the gift of God in each other, we're choosing offense. We're choosing and we're separated from the grace of God manifesting in our environment. And we're separated from the miracles, the signs and the wonders that that need to be happening in our homes. Same thing. It's happening. This certainly describes some of our churches today. Probably going to get myself in trouble if I go down that road too much. One of my favorite stories of honor, I was counseling a couple about five years ago. And it, this was one of those sessions where it was just rough. I mean, there's just no other way around it. It was just a hard, they came in, they were down, it was dark, it was, it was ugly. It was, it was like, you know, what's really bad is when you're the therapist and you're like, yikes, this is really bad. it was one of those, it was one of those moments like, oh boy. And I remember the Holy Spirit just whispering in my, in my ear, honor, honor, honor. And so I just started with honor. I just said, hey, I just want to honor you guys for being in my office. I didn't know what else to honor. (laughs) I just started there. Thank you for being here. And then I started to honor the man. Sir, I honor you for being in my office. (laughs) I know a lot of men might not have been in my office feeling this dark, feeling this down, feeling this unloved. And ma'am, I honor you for being here today. And, And as I began to honor, something started to shift in the room. And so I I started to find more things to honor. Sir, I honor the fact that you are still in this marriage. That even though it's been hard and it's been rough, you have it, it was not what you expected, sir. I honor the fact that you're still in this marriage, you're still in my office, and today you're still fighting for something. I honor you. I honor you for not turning to another, for working and providing and staying where you've stayed. Sir, I honor you today. And I did the same thing to the wife. I honor you. I just, I just kept going back and forth. Pretty soon I invited them to start honoring each other. And this was one of those sessions that slowly, as honor rose in the room, something very powerful shifted in the atmosphere. Faith began to arise. Hope began to arise. The goodness of God began to arise. They started to remember the good things about each other again. They started to see not just the dirt, but the things that they fell in love with each other again. And this was one of those magical sessions that at the end they were crying and asking for forgiveness and repenting for being offended at each other. Every year, every year I get a postcard from that couple. And they say, Thank you. Thank you. Our family's still together. We're still married and we're doing well. And you know, honor won the day that day. It wasn't anything that I did, it was honor. Honor started a very important process of calling out the gold inside of them. All they could see was the dirt. But honor is what activated the gold in them. So what is honor? Honor means this, it means to prize, to fix evaluation upon, to revere, to value. Honor is used 175 times in the NIV, that's a lot of times. Honor is a posture of the heart in how I see think about and relate to others it's a posture of the heart it's not necessarily what we say because jesus said he said these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me honors a posture of the heart it says i value what you carry i value what's in you i value you i broke this up into several levels I call this the 100 level. Remember when you went to college, you started off with the 100 level courses? Well, this is 100 level honor. It's honoring God. And most of us do this. Most of us already have some idea that God is to be honored, meaning that we revere who he is. Amen? 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor." And glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the ways we honor God is our worship. In fact, I would argue our worship or your worship is a reflection of your honor. If you struggle to worship him out here with your voice or your hands or your feet or your whatever that looks like externally, there might be an honor issue. There might be something locked up inside here. Our worship is a reflection of our honor to God. Level 200 honor. We've already moved up to 200 level. And this is honoring parents or authorities. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You know, our parents are our first authority figures. And I think the reason why it's so important to honor our parents is because God knows if we don't learn it in our first authority experiences, we'll probably struggle with it throughout our entire life. And I've seen this. I've seen people who've just struggled in every environment that they've been in with bosses or spiritually. Just, it's just a hard road. And it, most of the time, it starts off with parents So God's saying, this is when they're on Mount Sinai. He's saying, I've taken you out of Egypt. We're setting up a new society. By the way, I'm your God. Revere my name. And also, we're going to honor our parents. We're going to honor those who've gone before us. We're going to honor those who've cultivated something before we were even around. We're going to honor them. We're going to esteem them. We're going to place value on our parents. And I know some people really struggle with this because some cases our parents have not been honorable. Talk to lots of people who've struggled to honor their parents because of this. I just want to say, so sorry that was your experience with parents. So sorry, that is not the way it was supposed to go down. Parents are supposed to mentor us in honor. They're supposed to mentor us in what royalty looks like. And it's so debilitating when they don't. And I just want to say, even if you've had a really, really tough go with parents, find something to honor. Find something, one thing. Find something to honor, because here's why. The enemy's after your honor. And he knows if the honor valve inside of you gets shut, that's going to be a problem throughout your whole life. Find something to honor with mom and dad, even if it's just a little thing. Don't let the enemy have his way of turning the honor valve off inside of you. You're going to need it. Now, we're already up to level 300. We're moving quickly here. Level three honor is honoring others. You know, you're on, your honor unlocks gold in other people. It does. Your honor Unlocks and activates the gifts in the people sitting right next to you I've seen this happen over and over and over again. It's where people make a decision again, not because circumstantially anything's going on but because identity I see myself as royalty and Royalty and honor go hand in hand when I decide to start speaking honor and releasing honor Something changes in the atmosphere and it activates the gifts of God in you. We each carry gold inside of us, and honor is what activates it. It upgrades the environment, and the supernatural can begin to flow. Every year, I get asked to speak across town at a different church and it's kind of funny. It's a of, of all things, it's a it's a young mothers group. Go figure. Me and 25 young mothers. But every year I enjoy this group so much. Because when I leave, I'm like, how did all that stuff come out of me? How? I I'm dumbfounded. You know what the answer is? It's honor. Their honor in the room pulls stuff out of me. It actually, it's like equipment excavating stuff out of me. That's what our honor does. Their questions, their comments, the things that they've come prepared to ask about, it's incredible how much comes out. Crazy. This is what honor does. Your honor does it and my honor does it. It activates the gold in us. Tish and I were recently leading a revival group of a bunch of young couples, young married people, amazing group of people. And we would leave some of those nights just dumbfounded at how much was released in the room. Because honor, their honor released so much in the room. We never saw that coming. That's what honor does. Bill Johnson says this. He says, honor is where we relate to the Jesus inside of others. You got Jesus in you. My honor is about relating to that. It's about seeing that every person carries the unique fingerprint of God. And also, if you're in the kingdom, you've got treasure inside of you. And as a royal person, I move into honoring you so that you can release what's inside of you. That's what honor does. It has our foundation in reverence for the Lord. When I revere him, I honor you. When I honor you, it's because I'm revering his footprint inside of you. You know, we're biblically commanded to honor each other. I'll just throw a few verses out there real quick. One of my favorites is Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. First Peter 2.17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God, honor the Emperor. When I honor you, I am honoring what Jesus put inside of you. Wow. One of my favorite things is seeing environments of activation. This is why I believe everybody needs to be in a community or a revival group. It's not just because I'm the revival group pastor. It's because of what happens inside of you. You were born to play, not to be on the sidelines. You were born to be on the field in the kingdom. And that happens best in circles, not in rows. We need both. We need both. But in circles, when honor's in the room, It activates what's inside of you. And you get to be a player. And you were born to play. You were born to release the treasure inside of you. Amen? You know, we receive from others to the level that we honor. That's a scary thought. We receive from others to the level that we honor. So if I don't honor the gift in your life... I'm going to be challenged to receive from the gift in your life. Bill Johnson says this A culture of honor is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. The people in Jesus' hometown stumbled over who he wasn't. And we do the same thing, don't we? You know, you don't only have gold in you, you also have some dirt and so do i you're not alone but anybody can see the dirt it's our calling to activate the gold in each other level 400 here we go the final level coming down the home stretch here honoring the holy spirit and his giftings in the body now i got to i got to say not everybody gets to this level Not everybody gets to this level, but we are. We are. It can be uncomfortable when the Holy Spirit shows up. But the Holy Spirit can do more in one moment. Man, so many stories. Don't have time to tell them. And if we don't honor him when he shows up, he stops showing up. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He shows up to those who welcome him. We want to be a people that embody the Holy Spirit, that are a welcoming place for the Holy Spirit. Which means when he shows up, we got to act right. We got to honor him. Amen? One of the ways we honor the Holy Spirit is by honoring the various gifts of the Spirit in the church. I have a quick story. I have two Pauls that I hang out with. One's Paul Warner, the other's tall Paul, Paul Horn. And um, both of them are are different giftedness than me. Both of them are prophetic people. And um, one of the stories I have is um, Paul and I, Paul Warner and I, were hanging out in a coffee shop one day. And because there was honor between him and I, Uh, Me honoring the gift that he carries, him honoring the gifts of God in my life. It was unreal. It was unreal. Paul starts prophesying over me. I'm grabbing my phone, trying to record it because it's like fire. And then I'm just like getting so wrecked by this word that I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Pretty soon, I'm the one pouring into him. I'm showing him something that the Lord just showed me, downloaded. We're talking about it. We're processing. Three and a half hours go by. And the ladies tapping on us going, um, excuse me, guys, we closed like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, what just happened? What just happened was we honored the giftings in each other's lives. And heaven showed up. And heaven showed up and released stuff that was life-changing, incredible. And this is what happens when we honor each other's giftedness. We honor. It, listen, we need honor when we disagree, okay? We're going to disagree at times, but we still need to honor when we disagree. We need to be able to confront. Honor doesn't mean we don't confront. Of course we confront when we need to, right? Right? And we need to honor people even when they make messes. I've made messes. I'm sure everyone in the room has made messes. One of my jobs as a pastor is to help people clean up their messes when they make them. And honor is so important that we still honor people when they make messes. It's okay to make messes as long as you clean them up. So Danny Silk in his book, he wrote a book called The Culture of Honor, and this is the last part of tonight. So I'm borrowing this last part from him. But it talks about this idea of honoring the different graces. Ephesians 4.11 says that when Jesus left, he ascended and he left these five-fold ministry gifts to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, and the evangelist. Is anyone familiar with these? A few people are familiar. Okay. So anyways... um, The big part of this that's very, very, very important is this. Danny says, and I tend to believe with him, believe him, agree with him, that these actually create a flow, a priority of gifting, of flowing, that's bringing the release of heaven to the earth. Jesus said, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? You remember that? And what this is saying is these are governmental graces in the right priority that actually bring what's in heaven to the earth. The cool thing about this is that Jesus was all of these roles. He was the apostle. And apostolic people, they're heavenly focused. They prioritize the presence of God, worship, and the agenda of heaven. That's the top priority to apostolic people. They look and they see blueprints in heaven of what God wants to do on the earth. That's what what stirs them. They're builders. They're entrepreneurs. There's entrepreneurial grace to start, plant, build, mobilize, and culturize. This is what apostolic gifts do. Amen? Does any of that sound familiar so far? Okay. We're led by an apostolic leader, Pastor Jordan Verner. The apostolic grace in his life is very profound. And that's why the priority flow starts from that gift. The prophetic gift, or the prophet, is also heavenly focused. It clarifies the reality of heaven's culture and invites us to enter it. It's consumed with what is the Spirit of God saying right now? What is the Spirit of God doing right now? That's the most important thing to the prophet. The prophets open our eyes to the unseen realm. They're guardians of the covenant, they're more vertically focused than horizontally focused. And we have several key people in our environment that are leading us in the prophetic. And we're so grateful. Teachers, they focus us on the written word and truth. They take what's happening in heaven and they help ground us and keep us from error. Teachers use their understanding of scripture, history, theology, and people to connect the mysteries of our faith to our daily life. They help us renew our minds to think more like the kingdom thinks. The pastoral, they are connected to people. Their service of people creates favor with people. They serve people, helping them with parenting, marriage, and struggles of life. They want people to feel loved, discipled, connected, and protected. They shape environments of belonging. I love the pastoral grace in this house. I love it. I I, I have a vision to see hundreds of pastors raised up in this house. Because we're going to need it. For all the people that are coming that need to experience family and belonging, we're going to need it. The evangelists, their focus is on those who don't yet know Jesus. They're gifted to harvest souls and bring them into the kingdom. They're there to equip the saints to be reaching the lost and discipling new believers. Now listen. This is supposed to be the combination of these gifts is what brings the things of heaven into the earth. Does that make sense? And the problem is, why don't most churches do this? The answer, I teed it up for you. Honor. It takes uncommon honor for those gifts to honor each other. For the the people of God to value and place value on different graces than what you have. It takes uncommon honor. And that's what God's calling us into. He's saying, I want to build a royal family. And guess what? You don't all look alike. It's going to take uncommon honor that says, the prophetic scares me sometimes, but I value it. I'm committed to it because I've seen what happens. Heaven shows up. People are delivered and set free. Whoa, God's at church. That's what happens when we value and honor the prophetic. It's going to take uncommon honor. If we don't have uncommon honor, these start to become camps. Different camps. And that's what we see with the body of Christ today. We got the teacher camp, and they're all hanging out at the Bible church. We got the prophetic camp, and they're all hanging out at this place over here. We got the apostolic people. Oh, they're all on the mission field. They gave up on church. America, we got the pastoral, it's all about people, 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 the needs of the people are the only thing that matter in the environment. We got the evangelists, they're frustrated at the church because there's people out there dying for goodness sake, right? It's going to take uncommon honor to accomplish the funnel from heaven, to bring the goodness of God into the people of the earth. It takes all the gifts working together, and it takes an uncommon level of honor to get there. So tonight, I just feel like the Lord wants to invite us into embracing honor like we've never embraced it before. And so if you feel anything stirring in you about royalty, about taking on becoming a royal part of the family and really being mentored in royalty like Jesus wants us to. If you feel stirred in your heart about that, I just want to invite you to stand. I'm just going to pray over us tonight as we close. If you want more honor, if you want to walk more in the royal identity that Jesus created for us, just stand to your feet. Hold out your hands. Let's ask the Father, the King of the universe. So Father, here we are. We ask you tonight to release a fresh impartation of honor into us. God, we realize we cannot and we will not accomplish what you've called us to without it. God, we we realize we will be just like every other family, without honor. And God, you have illuminated to us that we are a royal family tonight. God, we are taking our cues from you, Jesus, walking as a man on this earth and modeling what royalty looked like. We thank you, Father of heaven, that you are raising us to be royal sons and royal daughters. And we just invite honor at a whole new level tonight. We embrace honor at a whole new level tonight, God. Would you teach us, God, to be people of honor? People who honor people who are not like us. People who see people and begin to honor them and raise the atmosphere in the room. God, we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done. We want to see the supernatural release of grace in our environments, God. In our homes, God. In our families, God. In our revival groups, God. Lord, every environment we find ourselves in, God, we know honor's part of the key to seeing your release happen, God. God, we just say tonight we will step in and be people of honor. We will be people who value the Jesus in other people. We thank you for that tonight, God. We thank you for that, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. There's two things that the Lord spoke to me about. Just remain standing. We're almost done. Two things that the Lord wants to minister tonight specifically. The first one is that some of us have been trained and mentored in dishonor. And the Lord highlighted that to me this week, that there are patterns of behavior that are showing up at home, they're showing up in life, they're showing up in relationships that are patterns of dishonor. And, and the Lord wants to meet us tonight. If we'll just come and, and receive ministry from the ministry team, uh, I just believe the Lord wants to just honor some of those requests and break off what's been What's been hindering us for generations, generations of patterns of dishonor, the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us tonight. And so the ministry team is going to come down. Go ahead, come down, ministry team. That's one thing. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit spoke and said, I want to break off a spirit of offense. I want to come and relinquish a spirit of offense off of people. And the Holy Spirit began to show me that the spirit of offense has been part of what our families have taught us when we don't feel powerful. It feels powerful to be offended. And some of our families mentored us in not feeling powerful. The way you feel powerful is you get offended. And in doing so, we've partnered with a spirit of offense. And the Holy Spirit is saying, he wants to break that off of you and your generation. He wants to meet you in that place because the enemy is scared of your honor. He's afraid of it. And the Holy Spirit wants to break that off of his people tonight so that we are people that are free to honor without offense. Amen? So I just want to close with that. Come receive prayer. Come receive ministry tonight. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.